Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the werewolf to my Dracula. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, protecting my nards. And a very own Frankenstein's monster. That's right. It's Eric Ronimek. Eric, how are you doing? So glad you took the layoff. The, the guy who looks like Frankenstein is Frankenstein. <laughs> Way to go for the two. Focus. <laughs> also, the worst special effects. The worst special effects in Monster Squad at the very end with Frankenstein. I actually so feel like at some point they like ran out of money or something. Because like it, it wasn't that. At the beginning, it seemed really it good. It pretty you know? good, yeah. Then, we'll get to it later. Okay. I also um, feel like they filmed actually, too long like with the same name. Actually. They right. filmed it in order. This week, there was only one Seahawks story, and that Seahawks story was the story of Alden Smith. I mean, Chris Carson paid off his mom's house. That was the other one. Uh, good friend. We signed Alden Smith, but this happened after, since we last recorded, uh, and now Alden Smith choked out his uh, sister's abuser in, in the intervening time, and uh, now looks like he will probably not. But you know what? This happened last offseason, right? We all thought Quentin Dunbar was done and dusted, and then he ended up playing if you want to call it that for the whole season. And so <laughs> whole season is the super generous part of that. He was, he was available to play the whole season uh, and not suspended. Okay. He was <laughs> legally viable to exist within the confines the league, of the NFL the, roster. The except for the league. entire season. The league was, was not, not stopping him from playing. The league didn't stop him. It was okay. his tendons were arrested and the let of the rest of him was put free. Uh, so Alden Smith, though, uh, on his Instagram story, you know, he's he posted something like uh, I uh, someone puts hands on your sister. What are you supposed to do about it or something like that? And then there's also a warrant out for his arrest in says he choked a guy out in a coffee shop. Not for media release, nah. but the media released it. So you know that good, <laughs> good on good on that one. I mean, uh, uh, someone whoever leaked that is a is a real the cop who leaked that is a real piece of work. And then um, yeah, so interesting uh, goings on. Like I said, this could all end with nothing, right? It could end with a like Quentin Dunbar situation where you know he probably did something that he shouldn't have done, but it ends up not being a legal issue and there's no suspension, or you know they void his contract. To, they, I'm I guarantee you when you sign alden smith you put a clause in his contract that <laughs> if he gets into legal trouble you don't have to pay him any money uh i would be sh- stunned if the seahawks didn't do that and, and then you say all right talk to you later uh we'll, then you spend that four million dollars somewhere else you know john but, uh, schneider called pete carroll and was like uh, hey pete i got some good news and bad news it's like what's that so the good news is that alden smith is a stand-up guy here's the bad news this is how he turns people into a lay down, guys. That's right. Uh, would, it reminds first uh, pancake of the season. Oh wait, remind me that um, <laughs> reminds me of that video where the guy's like, "Oh, I got some good news and some bad news. Good news, your payment cleared. Bad news, they gave you life." <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like, oh yeah, sorry. So um, okay, Big oof. <laughs> but it's I don't know what's happening. I I, I don't I don't want to judge it too much. Let's just say if Alden Smith does play, great signing. Uh, can play five tech and Leo uh, flip on both sides of the line uh, can play in uh, inside if we're really squeezed, but I, I would prefer not. Uh, but, but yeah, I can play five can play on both sides of the, of the defensive line effectively would have been a great rotation piece. Uh, I ex- would expect to see a more five tech on our, on a, on late downs and then Leo on early downs. Probably be uh, but, one of our three best pass rushers right away. Yeah. 
maybe even the just maybe one best. number one yeah yeah he, he's a really talented football player he's I a mean, dunlap or dunlap plus you, level pass rusher that was being misused he came into the league the same year as von miller and jj watt and there was a legit a time where it was a legitimate argument between which of those three of those guys was the best yep and now uh, there's no question he is a distant third and is through nobody else is doing all self-inflicted wounds and um, I mean, another thing, too, is that all of those guys have made like over a hundred million. The other two guys have made over a hundred million dollars and he left a lot of that on the table through his own actions. And so I think like Alden Smith, I don't know, he, he had a chance to like kind of start rehabbing his career last year and then continue that this year and maybe get one more like, you know, 20, 30 million dollar contract. And I think that uh, really coughing it up at the goal line here. But but you know what? Like I said, you don't want to judge too early. Quint, we learned that last year with Quentin Dunbar. Uh, that that you 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 do it. You you get too uh, invested early, and uh, yeah, you you don't want to. Do you want to make? You don't want to be overly opinionated on this on a developing a, legal situation. Yeah, legal from situation. a roster building perspective on this, I just want to say that like Alden Smith in there gives us another plus pass rusher, which is always a great thing. But without him we still have a quality pass rush. And so the thing that I think is a little different than the Dunbar situation is without Dunbar, our depth was super thin at corner. Um, Without Alden Smith, our depth at edge is still good. It's just, you know, who doesn't want an elite pass rusher when you can get one? Another thing too is like right now, one of our best pass rushers gets hurt. It's, it's, it's not, it's shaky. It gets shaky fast. Yeah. Um, whereas with Alden Smith, you know, we can lose a guy and probably not miss a beat. All right. Any other Alden Smith thoughts, Eric? Anything? No, man. No, it's uh very exciting, very disappointing. Uh, wait and see. I always love when I see these people on uh, Reddit or uh, social media be like, Richard Sherman's in Seattle. It's like, yeah, he lives in Maple Valley. It's a, he's always <laughs> in Seattle. Uh, okay. Anyway. Um, okay. So uh, this week uh, we're doing our mock draft-a-thon. It's an annual uh, thing here. We're going to do two, maybe three mock drafts, depending on how fast the first two go. Uh, Eric will be playing the part of Pete Carroll, chomping the gum and making the final decisions. Kevin will be playing the part of director of scouting. Okay, and I'll be playing the part of John, one John Schneider, making sure we hit the measurables and everything like that. All right, you guys ready? We're gonna do uh, the first. We're gonna do two mocks at first uh, with strict rules, and the third mock will be a free form. The first mock is a no trades mock. We have to stay in our spots. We cannot move. Uh, that means that John Schneider is very bored. But <laughs> we call this the no fun mock. Uh, but 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 but, but uh, I do think it is it is good to look at the players who may be available. We're going to use the Pro Football Network's mock draft simulator. You can find it at profootballnetwork.com/slash/mockdraft. I think it's probably the one that is the nice intersection of easy to use, offers realistic trades, and uh, doesn't uh, and has a board that doesn't totally have wacky stuff. Like sometimes you do these mock drafts, and like there's just like a guy that you know is going to be available every time because he's like way too far down the board. This one has like enough shakiness to it that it it you get it's an adventure every time. Okay, <laughs> let's, let's put it that way. Um, and I I think they must use some kind of like uh, emergent like AI stuff because it seems to get better every time I use it. You know what I mean? Like guys move move up that are moving up in real life pretty realistically. <laughs> and so anyway, all right, let's get started. No, the no. The no uh, trades draft. So we're going to draft at our first pick is pick number 56, right? Yep. All right. So we got offered some trades. Uh, Dallas wants to give us a pick 75 and a third rounder next year. We're going to reject that trade, though, and look at our options here. So at 56, these are some of the standout options 
that I see uh, right away. We got running back Javante Williams available for us. Running back Javante Williams, uh, he he does not meet our height weight uh, measurables for a running back, but because of the elite tackle breaking ability, um, is someone that the Seahawks would probably take a look at anyway. Uh, we've got Eric Stokes from Georgia. Same story there. Does not meet the height weight uh, things that the Seahawks want for a cornerback, but hits every other thing. Arm length, 40, uh, t- 10 yard split, vertical, three cone. Uh, it also is really fringy on those. Like he's, a, he's 194. <laughs> usually we're 195 or over. He's like five eleven and a half, and usually we want six foot. So it's, he's right there. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Meniers and Landon, Dick, Landon Dickerson are two interior offensive line pro- prospects, uh, both centers that I think the Seahawks would be looking at. Uh, Quinn Meniers hits all the measurables except height and uh, Landon Dickerson, didn't do everything because he's coming back from an injury, but yeah, he tore a lot of hell in the uh, SEC championship game. A lot of people ex- suspect that he would have been in a similar freakish kind of uh, physical territory. I think those are the standout uh, guys that we could be picking there. So uh, Pete, Pete Carroll, what are you thinking right now? What are, you, what are you thinking? Looking at our roster, looking at what you need, chomping that gum. We got Javante Williams, got Eric Stokes. We got a couple center prospects. There's other guys here that are very good, by the way. Baron Billy Browning, McNeil, Carlos, Carlos, ba- Carlos Basham is somewhat interesting to me as <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, there's the Davion Nixon and Ellie McNeil. Uh, there's a, there's some guys here that that can really move the needle. But I think that the ones that I've kind of highlighted there are the ones we're going to end up picking from. So I wanted to focus yeah. on Pete. What do you think? I feel like we're going to probably lean Javante Williams or uh, Landon Dickerson in this. Dickerson may be undersized, but it's still, it feels like a reach the Seahawks would do. Um, from that play, uh, something tells me we're going to go running back when I don't want us to this year. Um, hey, you're Pete Carroll. If you don't want running back, then you don't have to take running back. Remember, you're, you, you took over his brain temporarily. That's that's uh that's that's why we're going uh, Landon Dickerson. Landon Dickerson, what do you what do you th- what are you thinking, Kevin? What do you what do you the director of scouting? What do you see? So I like Landon Dickerson a lot as a really tough, gritty guy um, down in the middle. I think he's he reminds me a lot of um, the center whose name I'm blanking on. We traded to the Saints. The uh... <laughs> you took a, you took a <laughs> out boy. of Oregon. Yeah, uh, guy. He and had a, so... he had a beard. I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself for missing this one, but I think he's another one of those. He has really good size. Um, he's really the style of player that we want. I'd be really happy with him. The other guy I would pound the table Max for, Unger. I think, is Eric Stokes. Max Unger, thank you. The other guy I would pound the table for is Eric Stokes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's also a really good fit. Yeah. So I I am I'm also gonna gonna uh, kind of talk about Eric Stokes a little bit. Eric Stokes is um, someone I think was a really good fit as a Seahawks corner. I think DJ Reed proved to us last year that we don't need to, we don't need to be as strict with our, uh, our height weight requirements as we usually are. And he does still have that arm length that we really look for an outside corner. This guy can come in and push for a job on day one. He's the number two cornerback on our board. I think, I think the Seahawks realistically, like if they're, if they take off all the guys that, they have zero chance of getting <laughs> the guys that are yeah. going to get drafted too soon. He's probably number two of the realistic options behind Mel, Mel So I think like that, that is, he's very appealing from that. So I'm going to, I'm also going to pump for Stokes. So did we convince you Pete? Can we pick Eric Stokes to play? Let's come in and play outside corner for us. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just make you pay for it with our third overall pick <laughs> in the seventh round. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to move on to our next pick. Our next pick's coming up in the fourth round and is at 129, I think, right? Yep. All right, we're at, 100, we're at 129. Uh, director of scouting, who are some guys that stand out to you that are available right here for us at two, at 129? Okay, so um, a guy I'll let you talk about, because I know you've done a lot of looking at him, Drew Dahlman, a center prospect out of Stanford sitting there. I think he's interesting. Uh, Bobby Brown, uh, it is still my prerogative to draft really athletic interior defensive linemen who I think can be really, really good. He's a little raw, but I think he's a great talent. Um, Jalen Darden is a really interesting slot-only guy. He's pretty interesting. I would probably want to take a look at um, who the other interior offensive linemen and wide receivers are here. Um, none of these are moving the needle for me. If I'm on Shy Smith, maybe, but that seems like a kind it of a feels reach. like a bit of a reach. Cade uh, um, Johnson would be a little more interesting to me out of South Dakota State too. They're very similar to me, by the way, in my like my personal feelings. I, like they're both they're both solid, but I don't know if I'll go right here at 129. I would feel like I'm giving something up, like if I took. I them. agree. Um, let me tell you on Dalman, Pete. Uh, he's he's a little slight, but excellent zone blocker, and he tested out the room in the athletic testing for what we're looking for. Uh, 33 bench reps, 4.52 short shuttle, blazingly fast. Uh, 33 inch vertical, nine foot one broad jump. He's got huge 10 and a half inch hands. This guy, if we can get a little more meat on his frame, this is our center of the future. That's all about. That's what I'll sell you on Drew Dahlman a little bit. Um, I I do think that, like Kevin said, yeah, I, I wish there was a better wide receiver here. I feel like we, we're gonna have to take a wide receiver at some point and to make a uh, to make our boy uh, <laughs> happy. But uh, this center could <clears throat> be kind of this, this could be what t- really ties the room together. If bring in a challenger, make put Posich on the hot seat have make him be their beat Dalman or, you know, give let Drew win that job. Was so. there any other decent interior lineman on the board? I didn't see defensive lineman. Uh interior offensive lineman. Uh there's mm, no. Uh no, none that like none that like really get me fired up. For the centers was green on there or no? No. No, then yeah, I would say Drake Jackson's the other guy. Uh, kind of same story, a little bit undersized, tested pretty well. Um, really athletic zone blocker. You're kind of looking at two sides of the same coin, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Dalman. I think that if they were picking between those two, though, they would pick Dalman because like they like love picking West Coast pedig- pedigree guys. I agree. Yeah, just just like cracks cracks me up. So, uh, all right. You want to you want to pick a center here, Pete? You okay with that? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know it, it makes me feel better about passing last round. Or you want to so, pick yeah. Bobby? You want to pick Bobby Brown, defensive tackle? Uh, Bobby Brown is great, but uh, I feel like his all his hits were in the nineties, and we're going Drew Dolman. <laughs> he does. Bobby Brown is like Kevin said, a great athlete, an interior defensive tackle that totally would have made sense there. Uh, I do think making sure we pick offensive players to keep uh, to keep Russ happy is is a legitimate strategy, though. Uh, make sure we get that center. He he took. Remember, he said on national television he has taken too many sacks. All right, we're at two fifty now. Uh, it's dire. It's dire straits. What what positions are we looking at? We should probably zone in on here. Uh, should we Typically look at the late wi- round? We tend to look at wide receivers and running backs, right? Wide receivers, running backs. Yeah. Maybe. Um, 
a tackle who a tackle who produced but is terrible, or who <laughs> has good measurables but never produced. A good measurables but needs to switch from playing defensive line, something like that. There you I go. Would, exactly I would it. like to go with which whatever... D lineman matches our offensive tackle. Needs. Kevin, <laughs> any, any of these wide receivers here do anything for you? Uh, we got uh, Jalen Camp, Trey Walker, Chandler Bonds, uh, Brennan Eagles. Is it not there? None of them do anything for me. I'm just gonna throw no, that out there. None of the ones I see. Let's look at let's say running backs. We got Ben Mason and Chris Evans, both the Michigan guys. Uh, we got my boy Puka Williams sitting there. Love love me some uh, some Puka Williams, although he doesn't really like move the needle as a uh, far as athletic, as an NFL player as an NFL player slash athletic testing. But he's fun. He's a fun tape watch. Though. I would say. Uh, Jared Dokes is probably the best fit for what we do as far as a guy who's big enough to be physical. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Chris Carson where his measurables were a little bit surprising because he didn't have a lot of opportunities to produce in college. I could yeah. see him being a guy whose NFL career outshines his collegiate career. Yeah, Dokes and Evans both uh, kind of hit the the measurables mark uh, in terms of, and they're both guys who like didn't do that much in college, but have measurables that make you think they are capable of more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Chris Evans is also has the same name as Captain America. So he's got, he's got <laughs> yes, he's got he that does. For him, which is which is nice. So uh, all right, you you okay with picking a Pete? Are you okay with picking a running back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess uh, honestly, Dokes kind of stands out for me, but I feel like Chris Evans might be the one. I really like so, Kevin's. Res- so let's let's compare them just head to head, okay? okay? Just from a, just from a measurables perspective, okay? Dokes is a lot bigger, seventeen pounds heavier. They're about the same height, okay? Uh, Evans jumped seven inches farther in the broad, uh, one inch higher in the vert, and they're forty times was about a half second faster. So you're looking at like the it's basically a size versus athletic. Like you know, Evans is more slight, and Dokes is more of a tank. The size difference makes up for the lack of athletic measurables. It's Kevin's right. It's basically a wash. <laughs> you're, you're really, you really have to decide and you can watch the tape and I'm just going to tell you, it's not going to help that much. We'll go to uh, Chris Evans then. Like Chris Evans. All right. I'm fine with it. Like I said, it, it, it's really hard to know. And I'm sure some professional scout would tell me I'm stupid for saying that, but I do think that like at this point in the draft. So, all right, this draft, we ended up with Eric Stokes from Georgia at cornerback, a pick I would be extremely pleased with if the Seahawks got at 56. I would be pumped. I think that's a guy who can compete for a job day one and eventually could be a number one quarter in in the Seahawks system. Drew Dahlman, a center, really going to compete for that center job. Uh, I'm happy with that as well. And Chris Evans, a running back. I think this would, if the Seahawks decide not to trade, this would be a, a perfectly pleasant uh, draft one that one that I think most people could live with that makes sense and let's just talk a little bit generally about the where the Seahawks are at right now because the Seahawks aren't entering this draft with um with a any ton like of needs needs specific like they don't the need is corner right we need we need a corner but maybe the team doesn't really think that maybe they really have a lot of faith in the guys they're getting I'm not I think we need sure. a corner like we need a center you know you don't want to walk in with postage unchallenged you don't want to walk in Kara with Posich. Witherspoon and Reed and Flowers unchallenged. You want uh-huh. to bring in some guys at those positions so that yeah. you feel like, you know, if you pair up if you pair up the winner of Posich and whoever at center, you probably feel like you're going to get at least an average NFL center out of that. Um, same thing with corner. If you go in with Flowers, Witherspoon, Reed and uh, Rookie, you probably have a pretty strong feeling that you'll pop out with some 
at least average corner play overall, just because when you throw some physically talented guys in there with a system, with some talent around them, there's a good chance that it shakes out to some okay play. And you have depth. Yeah. All right. So you guys ready to do the the craziness? Ready to do an all trades draft? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all we're going to we're probably going to trade back at least four times, uh, but we'll see how we're going to try to end up with at least six picks here. So let's let's do this. Let's draft. Now, what we got to hope is that when the draft simulator gets to our pick, there's a player that a lot of teams want. That's how you that's how you really move uh, move back here. And we're oh, I thought we were going to hit it good there, but we did. Wait, I think I accidentally didn't pick a team. <laughs> yeah, I tried to put it in the chat all stealthy, but you <laughs> don't have enough screens open. So yeah, we, just, I, we just cruised so, right past pick fifty six there. It was it was going to be so good too because uh, <laughs> because Jalen Phillips was still available and like I was like every team's going to want him. All right, oh Kadarius Tony. So okay, so Kadarius Tony's available and the Browns want to move up to get him. They want to give us fifty nine and ninety one for fifty six and one twenty nine. I'm going to counter, and I'm going to ask them to throw in pick one sixty nine. What do you guys think? Think they'll accept that? I think that's a good offer. <sighs> Why not? Oh man. Let's well, let's see. We could just take their trade still. Like I, I could try to, I could try to milk them for like a later pick. Two eleven. I still want to get like yeah. We have that to. can help us maybe move up later. Hey, on. all right, hey, we, we got two eleven. All right, so now we're at fifty nine. Green Bay wants to give us Kadarius Tony still on board. By the way, they traded up to get Jabril Cox. Uh, we can go back to sixty two and pick up Green Bay's twenty twenty two fourth. That's not bad to move down three spots to get a fourth round pick. I like it. Or we can move down to one hundred four and get Baltimore second next year i think we Um, need a quality player this year i like the green bay trade but i want to counter and see if we can get their fourth this year so instead of getting 135 or 142 all right they do have a ton of picks i don't know why they're stuck on uh Uh, go 142 just just now let's you you offer 135 and then you come back with 132 you say oh there you go you're right right. so now now we can the coach now we've got we've got 62. Kadarius Tony's still on the board, by the way, which I think at this point I might want to just stick and take Kadarius Tony because we picked up a little draft capital. Uh, we got it. We can uh, we can look at our draft capital in just a second, though. So the Texans want to trade with us. We're at 62. They want to give us 67 and 109. And we have to give them a fifth next year, which I'd be totally fine with. Uh, Bengals offering a similar trade. They want to give us 69 and 111, nice. but instead of a fifth, we give them a sixth. I like that a lot more because six, I don't care about that much. Trading a six next year for a four this year, I'm okay with. So right now we have 62, 91, 135, 211, and 250. Not great, if I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Tony is good, but there's still like five guys on the board I want. Yeah, Landon Dickerson. Dickerson. Rondale Moore. I'd be very yep. pleased with Rondale Moore. Uh, it does slide Diamond off. Brown. Dimey Brown would be fine. I think it's I like sli- him a lot. For me, it slides off quite a bit after those three. Dimey Brown would be good. I'd be okay with it. It would be make me a little sad compared to the other three. Um, but you know what? Let's look at our trades again. Uh, we can move down five spots. Let's try the Bengals trade, but instead of next year's six, let's try and give them 250. Okay. Because, you know, I don't care about pick 250. No, I don't either. And it's boring for the listener to, for us to have a pick that late. They, they, didn't, they, didn't uh, like they don't care about it either. <laughs> uh, I, think I, I think we I, I'm actually kind of into this uh, only moving down five spots thing because I'm really hopeful that one of these three guys will still be on the board but I want to counter and, and give him a sixth instead of a fifth 
see if they like that. They do not. All what right. What about well, offering them 211? I'm just going to accept it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, Tony's still on the board and Dickerson's still on the board. We have two trade offers. Uh, One is terrible. 70. Hey, we can move down four spots to get Denver seventh. No. No, Denver seventh Ouch. next year. Yeah. We can, move down, we can move down two spots to get Cincinnati's fourth. This one uh, next year. I like this yes, one. Absolutely. Holy smokes. Um, Plus, it's pick 69. By the way, the last team that moved up moved up to get Davion Nixon. Okay. Here's the and problem. I still see Tony and Dickerson on the board. I'd be happy with either of those. But we'd have to hope that neither of them go in the okay. in the intervening picks. Right. So are you? can you live with... Losing one of those guys, Kadarius. Okay, let's talk about these candidates. We already talked about Dickerson. Let's talk about Kadarius Tony because I think he's a fun person to watch. This guy is the most incredible route runner you've ever watched, and I don't mean that as a compliment. I mean it as like <laughs> that's the right word to describe what's happening. Um, it's like uh, I think it was Mina Kimes tweeted out that she said that he's like watching um, those people who like ride their bike in a certain route to make a heart on uh, those apps that track your bike ride. Uh, it's like he is like that. Like he did a move in a game where he planted like like he was going to cross over, did a legitimate spin move. Um, he just freelances completely on his route running, and it's incredible. And he's so athletic and so fast that it works. I don't know if it'll work in the pros, but it it, it doesn't matter. Like you can teach him how to run better routes. It's not like his, he's yeah. unable to learn. And his footwork and like – his quickness and his ability, he is going to be able to do something that a lot of people can't do, which is he's going to be able to break. You know how Doug Baldwin had that like crossover move at the at the line of scrimmage that always got him a clean break? This guy has that. He's going to have that where he's always going to get off the line of scrimmage because no one can stop him how quick he is off the line and how his, his feet are. The other interesting thing about Kadarius Tony is not only not only is he really agile and really bendy, but he also isn't as small as people think. Like he runs with a really good center of gravity. And when you watch him play, he scampers around so much that you think he's going to be like Tyler Lockett sized. But he's six foot and like 190. He's a decent sized receiver. The only thing is that he didn't see the field a ton in college. And there's some questions about like injury. And also he's just really raw to the position. So it's kind of like when we picked up Golden Tate where we're going to have to teach him how to play wide receiver. But the payoff for that could be incredible. You know who he reminds me of when I'm watching him is like, uh, he reminds me of kind of like Paris Campbell, where like, yeah, yeah, there's there's some things he doesn't do well, but like it shouldn't matter as long as he doesn't get hurt. Now, Paris Campbell's been hurt basically his entire career, so that it's <laughs> obviously not working for him. But uh, let me give you some uh, percentile ranks for Kadarius Tony: 98th percentile broad jump, 89th percentile vert, 40, 90th percentile 40, a little on the smaller side, he is 30th percentile for height and weight. So he is on the smaller side, but I think, like Kevin said, that's not like absurd. You know, he's he's six foot one ninety-three. Like he's fine. Uh so there you go. Uh do we want to trade down and risk losing him, or do we want to st- stand pat? That's the question. Uh, because I think that that's clearly the pick. He's fallen so far here at the beginning of the third round. Uh so far that I hadn't I didn't even write him down as someone I thought we could get. Like I just kind of wrote him off, but he has fallen very far in this draft. And this is why I like about this draft simulator. There's a little bit of randomness built in where like guys like this can fall really far. Uh, so are we doing it? What are we doing? What do you think? Pete? I think we, I think we do it. Do we want Kadarius, Tony, the uh, potentially elite or potentially just pure gadget guy? 
Or do we want Landon Dickerson, the guy who's probably a really safe bet to be a high quality center? Yeah, I think that's the debate. We're risking getting neither of those guys. I just want to throw that out there because the Bengals trade up. The Bengals need wide receivers. It's one of their big team needs, and this does this does account for need. They need a wide receiver. They drape them get Tony. And the Falcons, I don't know if you know, the Falcons offensive line is trash. They could totally take Dickerson, and then we're stuck. Now we're at 69. We've got Cincinnati's fourth round pick for next year, but now we're choosing between Dami Brown, who I, I like okay. Uh, Kevin likes him more than I do. Uh, Michael Carter, uh, Josh Myers. We're, we just moved into like another range of players that I feel like is significantly worse than those two guys. Kadarius Tony and Landon Dickerson. Like Landon Dickerson is the guy who doesn't get to this far into the third round if it wasn't for that ACL injury. Correct. Kadarius Tony is a guy who... If he were to slip like this, it's because people are just worried that he's going to be Tavon Austin. And so uh-huh. these are guys with a type of talent you don't typically find at pick 67, which is why I think Nathan and I are kind of advocating to go ahead and take the pick here. So, I, Pete, are you good with taking a pick? Yeah. Um, right. We reject Bengals trade. We definitely reject Broncos <laughs> trade. <laughs> Terrible. Trade. Move down fourth picks to get a seventh rounder. That's year. awful. All right. Let's do, um, let's do Tony, I think. I think I'm... I think I, you Russ guys are very so, in love with Tony. Russ will be so pleased with this pick too. Like, can you imagine him just getting this guy into, into camp working with Tyler? The upside's oh, really boy. high. Oh boy. All right. We're doing it. Okay. We have picked Kadarius Tony. I think that honestly, it's like, I don't even think he was available. All right. We're down. We're back at 91 already. It was pretty quick. Um, best player on the board is Pete Werner linebacker from Ohio state. We've got uh Kellen Mond available, which is actually interesting at this point in the draft, just because getting a quarterback that has high upside uh, in a, in the middle rounds right here, you can always Jimmy Garoppolo him and then trade him for like a better pick. To it's, it's like it's it's basically like picking a first or second round pick two or three years from now. But. Yeah, there's a couple of really interesting offensive line guys. There's Jackson Carmen who might be a tackle or a guard, probably a guard for measurables for us. And then there's Ben Cleveland, ben Cleveland, yeah, who looks like he just came off of a strongman competition and walked into the draft. He's big. Ben Cleveland is big. Uh, Atlanta's offering us a trade. They want us to move down 17 spots, but we'd pick up their pick number 148 and a fourth next year. Uh, the Saints want us to move down seven spots for a sixth round pick, which is going to be a no for me. I'm just going to throw that right out. Yeah, that's a flat no. That Atlanta pick is interesting, though. So this Atlanta trade, we would give them 91 and 211. They'd give us 108, 148, and a fourth next year, which is kind of a lot. They really want to move up here and get probably Pete Werner because he's fallen pretty far. I think we take this Atlanta trade and we just roll the dice that one of our guys is here when we pick again. Um, let me look at our dra- Let me look at our uh, stuff we've got right now. I'm uh, sorry. I feel like there's kind of a glut of corners. We got one Oh nine too. So we're, we're going to be, we're going to be really picking up a lot of those middle round picks and I don't, we can always trade back up too. we can pause and get back in there. I'm, I'm okay with this. What's the corner look like? What's what does corner look what like? What do corners look like? Um, got Adebo, Trill Williams, DJ Daniel, Benjamin St. Juice. There's a bunch of guys that I think kind of fit the mold, and I'd like to walk away with Jason, a corner in one Jason, of these next couple. Jason Pinnock too is a guy I think we could pick in the late rounds. That is like perfect Seahawk. Um, I talked about him on the defensive draft podcast. All yeah, right, I, I like the we, trade here. Let's take the we're taking this Falcons trade. Uh, Pete, Pete, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just want, to, just want to make sure to chomp that gum. Okay, I'm with you. Here we go. One oh eight. Let's see. Um, so no trade offers, so we can, we can seek out a trade, uh, if we want, but we have one Oh eight and one Oh nine. So we can make back to back picks here if we want, uh, Kevin, anything stand 
anything stand out to you? What any positions you want to look at? Uh, so again, I'm I'm looking big on corner. I'm looking at offensive tackle. This is a good spot to get a developmental offensive tackle. All right, Those well, are probably you... two that I'm looking at. And then I want to see if any of the interior offensive linemen, like a possible center. Corner corners. Look at I put them up on the board for you there. Uh, Paulson Adebo, um, Trill Williams, Ambry Thomas, all guys that meet the measurables that we like. But I feel like we could gamble and see if Ambry Thomas is maybe sitting there a little later or St. Jude's sitting there a little later, and I'd be just as happy with them. We get two picks in a row here. So right. here's, the, here's the guards. Um, uh, David Moore out of Grambling is a guy I think might actually be a center, but he's um, he's another guy who's got pretty good mobility and is just e- enormous. Uh, there's our centers. We've got Drew Dahlman available, which yep. I've already uh, clearly stated I like. Here's your tackles. Uh, I think Stone Forsyth and James Hudson are both really interesting. Forsyth, especially because his measurables match up to what the team likes. And he's a guy who is um, like, he's kind of raw. Like he's, he's super athletic. His measurables are awesome. He actually like his biggest problem is that he might be too big to play right tackle. And so he would have to work on his technique a lot to be able to play left tackle because he's, Borderline 6'9", which means that he loses a lot of leverage battles. So that means he has to carry a lot of power, but he's got really good footwork. Like, he moves like a basketball player. Okay. I'm just looking around. We could pick Kyle Trask. We sure could. <laughs> we could pick Bobby Brown, too, uh, defensive tackle. Well, Kevin has, uh, Kev- Kevin has clearly said he likes. Uh, Eric, yep. you could uh, get into, too. He's all right. Do we, do we want to seek out a trade here? Do we want to try to find one, or do we? Do we want to just pick? I think we want to pick. We've only had one pick so far. We picked up a wide receiver. Um, this is a chance to get back-to-back impact players that kind of just barely fell out of the third round. I was going to say, basically can, have three third-round picks. Can we get Dalman and Brown back-to-back here? Would you guys be okay get, with that? I, I would. I would. I would want to pick a corner. I think we. I want to. With this many picks, I want to stab at corner twice, and I think getting one here and then one in our next kind of set of picks here at 135 slash 148 is the strategy I want to use. Fair. Uh, because I want to take two shots at it. Are you guys cool with that? I think that's solid. Um, and I, Which, I do like the idea of stacking that position because um, corners often have trouble uh, like early on in their career. Like we saw that with the Vikings. They picked up two corners. Jeff Gladney didn't really put it together last season. But the kid out of Mississippi State was good enough that they were able to have a corner. So I like the idea of taking two bites at that apple. Oh, and I want to so, pick Paulson Adebo. I like Paulson Adebo as a fit for our system. I agree. Yeah. And he, he doesn't hit the arm length measurable, but I think Pete's over that because of Reed. Reed taught him a lesson. He's so, also really close. He's, we'll take... he's like 31 and 3 eighths or something. Oh, okay. I picked Paulson Adebo. And then here comes a trade from the Texans, that Ooh. boy. They're they're offering us. Oh, they want one hundred nine and two fifty. If we move down to one forty seven, pretty far, but we'll get one forty seven, one fifty eight, one ninety five, two hundred three, and two twelve. I'll just take it. Let's, 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 let's... a four and a seven for two fives and two sixes and a seven. I think we have to. That's a lot of bites at the apple. I think we just do it and then just do it. Also, like you know, all right. So now we're at one thirty five. We're back on the board. We got. Dallas offering us 138, uh, but I think and 192 and 192. But I think Eric really wants Bobby Brown, so I don't. I don't really want to move down. I want to just pick Bobby Brown right here. You guys, what do you, Eric? Do you want Bobby Brown? 
You know, I like Bobby Brown because Kevin likes Bobby Brown. He is very athletic, and his athletic testing is great. Uh, Bobby Brown, he's very tall, long arms, and ran jump, jumped very well. Bobby Brown's what I like about him is developmentally, he has all the physical tools I want. And he's big. He's, he's really huge. big. He's Large human. Huge. All right, we're picking Bobby Brown. But sorry, Dallas. We hung up. We hung up on Dallas. All right, we can move down from 147 to 151 and pick up 193 from the Panthers. We have 148. So this trade might be available again if we if we just pick. Uh, is there some is there multiple players that stand out to us? Let's look at our draft so far. So let's take a peek. So far we've taken Kadarius Tony, Paulson Adebo and Bobby Brown. We have 147, 148, 158, 195, 203, 212. Uh, I feel like this is the one where we needed to go full video for YouTube (laughs) because people are going to be like, I cannot keep track of what's going on and I don't blame them. I can barely keep track of what's going on. And I am looking at it. Uh, By the way, welcome to my dream draft where we just keep trading and trading. Um, I I guess I probably should have been John for this exercise because I'm John spirit animal. Yeah. But, (laughs) but you know, you remember the players a little bit better than I do. I have to like look at something to remind me and, because of my computer setup right now, it's harder. So that's why I made you director of scouting. Uh, so players that stand out to me right here, Shai Smith, Drake Jackson, uh, Divine Diablo uh, are standout from just the the like kind of this first page. Uh, Jalen Moore, also pretty good. Uh, there's actually quite a few players I'd like here. And we, we, and have, the, Marshall's interesting. we have the next pick and we can pick up 193 to move down. I say we just, uh, I say we counter and take our pick out from our seventh from next year. All right. Well, if they don't want to do that, they don't want it that bad. Who are we picking? Right. <laughs> I'm, playing, I'm playing hardball with the with an AI. I love it. I basically they wanted a it's seventh next madness. year as a sweetener, and I said no. I said no. All right. Uh, who who stands out to you, Kevin? Is someone we, we could go for here? Here's okay. our here's who we've picked so far, too. I I man, you can go a lot of different directions here. Do you like uh, Ogundenji from Notre Dame here? This edge at the top. Um, I think that he's an interesting player. I'm not like super in love. Um, he did not. I'm going to find him real quick on my, his, his, his bursty measurables, his uh, short shuttle, his three cone, his 10 yard split were just all barely under Seahawks numbers. And he's not huge. He's a pure Leo in our system. He's six four two sixty, which is why I, I don't think it's like a great fit right now for the way the roster is constructed. Yeah. And we're already pretty pretty deep at edge i would rather spend unless you, a late pick on a guy like william bradley king out of baylor or something unless you hate uh unless you like really hate daryl daryl taylor if you're the seahawks you then you feel like you need to replace that pick from last year i feel like that's the only reason you make a move like that uh, i'm really intrigued by drake jackson i think he basically has everything that you said about dolman except a little bit more experience and a little bit more polish how did what are I do not have his measurables written down. Um, Drake Jackson's about 6'2, 295. So he's a little bit bigger. Oh boy, he didn't do a lot of um athletic testing. That's why I don't have it written down. Yep. He just did he just did a vertical jump. That's it. All right, but here's the thing, Kevin, about him. First percentile hand size. Eight and a, eight and a quarter inch hands. Can we really trust a man with eight and a quarter inch <laughs> I don't uh, to dignify that with a response. I feel like that that something like that though could totally tank someone in Pete Carroll's eyes. You know what I mean? Because ten inch hands is the is the measurable they look for for centers. Uh, I have that written down. 
the measurable the sex look for is 10 inch eight and a quarter inches is way off that. that that's a lot less than 10 that is correct. yeah he could be like way off the seahawks board even though like i do agree like i did watch some videos and i thought he was fine but like he's he might be just completely off the board because of how small his his hands are and his just size in general okay um, who are some of the other people that we have uh available to us right here uh we got shy smith i think we could t- we could hit another wide receiver which would be pretty sweet. He's a really, I think, intriguing wide receiver project. Divine Diablo. I do think we're not very deep at safety anymore. Uh, it's like a, it's like talented, but it's there's just like three guys now, right? And two and or maybe four guys if you can Amadi and Blair. But but those guys are going to be playing nickel cornerback too, right? So are they really be able Other to back safeties. up safety? You know what I mean? Like I feel like we need one more safety, and I really do not want it to be De- De- Delano Hill again no offense i love leno but i just don't think there's nothing there right we know what we have leno hill is fine is is a replacement level box safety diablo and could be please don't diablo, put him in the back end diablo could be like a like a dude he he's very smart and i like those kind of cerebral secondary players coming in and working with Pete carroll he's also virginia me. tech safety the problem and is he's that, got that linebacker size i would be really so we could just pick him at the next pick i would really be surprised if that's who carolina is coming up to get considering uh, who they drafted last year. Yeah, let's go ahead and accept the trade back. I think we trade back and, and we because we have the next pick and we just hope that they don't take our guy right here. They did not. And we have no trades and we take Diablo and we're off to the races. All nice. right. So now we're back at 151, like three picks later because we traded. Don't this is our last spots. Uh, Jackson went off the board, actually, one pick ahead of us. So took a one option away from us. Uh, do you want to look at corner? Let's look at cornerbacks. Let's see. I think we can go for Benjamin St. Just right here. I, think it's I would be good. very happy with St. Just. Really good. The measurables we like. Um, his athletic testing was really strong. He's really a kind of a Seahawk across the board. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Benjamin St. Just. Fit one fifty eight. We're back on the board. Uh, let's see. Let's look at the uh, the big board here. So any anybody uh, standing out to you, Kevin? I actually like Jamar Jefferson. Uh, just because he was like the guy, but um, any let's look at interior offensive linemen. I, we have not gone there yet in this draft, have we? No. Nope. So let's look at let's look at some interior offensive linemen. These are our guards available. Uh, Robert Haynes, he's a guy who's getting a lot of talk at center as well, mm-hmm. and so he's interesting to me for that reason. Um, as far as guys in this range. Probably Hainsey and Troy Hill out of Georgia, though I feel like Troy Hill, you are drafting a bag of measurables more than you are, or Trey Hill, sorry, you're drafting a bag of measurables more than you're drafting a player. Like he's got great size, um, really long arms at center. Uh, he really inc- has ideal uh, like guard size in our system. He's inconsistent. Is the yeah, problem. he's super inconsistent, and uh, it's hard to tell like. How much of it was that Georgia line? If you look at the other players who come off that Georgia line over the last couple of years, it makes me question a little bit uh, what's going on with the coaching there. Um, running backs. We got, oh, we got Hubbard. I would definitely take uh, Chuba Hubbard or Kylan Hill or Elijah Mitchell. I like all three of those running yeah, backs. Yeah, so these, these running backs are interesting, actually. Um, I think I Hubbard, the thing about Hubbard is, is that like, um, he fills that role that I want, which is like a guy that I'm relatively sure will be healthy at the end of the year. 
right? <laughs> like he, he was just kind of a horse and he he's going to be there at the end of the year. And we just he's super athletic. We need a guy who can tote the rock for like two or three downs that is not hurt at the end of the year because it has doomed us the last couple of years yes, to be like, is. we have had like injuries at running back and just guy, we have scraping the bottom of the running back barrel at who, points the last two seasons. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, Eric, stop me if you heard this one. I have an Oklahoma State running back who's about six feet tall, extremely athletic, um, could add a little bit of bulk, but he's got good acceleration and vision. Uh, He always falls forward. He can uh, break you a lot of 20-yarder runs, and he runs real hard and pushes the pile, but ball security is a bit of an issue. Ball security security is an issue, and also like he's never breaking an 80-yard run. That's just never happening. Okay, not, so not in the NFL. So we have him, but he may be more durable. Uh, I would like to pick the running back that is the least like Travis Homer. Okay, I'm picking Hubbard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You, congratulations, you just picked up uh, Chris. Green Bay had like two. Green Bay had like That's, four sounds like... picks in a row there. Wow, someone wants to trade up with us. Uh, one ninety three for two hundred four and two twenty eight. We gotta give him a six next year. No thanks. No, okay. I'm not. I'm not picking up. I'm not in the picking up sevens business. Okay, so the best player available on the board according to their rankings is Chauncey Goldston, an edge out of Iowa. Um, I think he's interesting. Yeah, so we take some some edges here. There's this is a point in the draft too where I just like start throwing darts. You know, you just want to take like a guy who has good athletic measurables and Taquan uh, Graham fits hope, that bill. Hope for the best. Yeah, Taquan Graham definitely fits that bill. Actually, Larry Borum's a guy who has. I some think hype. we should take Taquan Graham. I like that idea. He jumps really so. high for a guy that tall. Um, three tech. He just needs to put on weight. Like if yeah, he can, he's at two ninety five. If he can move the way he does at like three oh five. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do let's do Taquan Graham. I like that idea. All right. I knew, and the reason I did that is because I knew we had to pick two picks later. So I was like, if Kevin really likes someone on the board, it will not matter unless he was really into Trey McKitty. Uh, then we're fine. Were you <laughs> Darn. Into Trey, were I you built into my Trey entire Ma- draft strategy around Trey McKitty. You wanted you you built your entire draft strategy around McKitty. Yeah, we've we've just been angling towards this Trey McKitty moment the entire time. <laughs> Dang it! Well, Little did you know, it's ruined. It is. All right, who do you want, Kevin? Just take a pick. Right, we're at that point. Let's do it. All right. Let's so get, uh, let happen. me see what we picked so far. We have a wide receiver. We've got. We have picked a wide receiver. We have picked two corners, a running back, two DTs, and a safety. So I would say interior offensive line is probably the, uh, the the need position. So here's the guards. I'm going to leave them up here first, like 35 seconds. I think Robert Jones is a really interesting guy. Um, he really might cool. be a bit more than what he is so far. All right, let's pick uh, Robert Jones. Let's do it. Tell, tell me what you like about Robert Jones while it gets to our next pick. So Robert Jones has some really good measurables. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing about him is that he's a guy that I could see maybe developing into a tackle. Um, mm-hmm. He's got 33-inch arms. He's out of Middle Tennessee State. He plays a little bit too upright, but even when he's playing with bad leverage, he still has really good anchor and he can handle power well, which tells me if he moves inside, if his feet are too slow, that he could handle that inside work even though he's 6'4". All right, in the center from Pittsburgh, Jimmy Morrissey hits all of our measurable marks, I think, and I think is a good value here at 203. So yep. I, I'm just going to go ahead and take him. And now we've covered interior offensive line. Now our pick 212. <laughs> no, I'm not taking this trade. No. I hate the Steelers offer terrible trades on here. It's just so realistic. All right. I know who exactly we should take. Let's do one more cornerback. Let's get Jason Pinnock. Call it a day. All right. So now what we were going to do 
we have hit the end of this draft. I'm going to recap it real quick. We ended up with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 picks plus Atlanta's fourth next year. <laughs> I like that. We did it. Pretty crazy. Full Schneider. All right. So these are our, our guys. We got Tony, uh, Paulson Adebo, Bobby Brown, Diavine Diablo, Benjamin St. Juice, Chuba Hubbard, Taquan Graham, Robert Jones, Jimmy Morrissey, and Jason Pinnock ended up with two Pittsburgh Panthers right in a row at the end. And of course, Atlanta's fourth next year, which will be the number one overall pick because uh, Matt Ryan sucks. No, he doesn't suck that bad. But, so what's your favorite thing that we did in this draft? One thing I really like. Okay, so this draft is was was a little bit uh, different different than the last one, obviously. <laughs> uh, one thing is that I think the first player we got was as good as the first player we got last time, even though we traded down. Maybe even better, uh, Tony. T- and that this is, I think, a big should be a big part of the Seahawks strategy because they don't have any specific needs. If there is players that they can live with still on the board, two or three of them, and there's not a huge gap keep going down until you hit that point like we did where we're like okay if we move down two more three more picks and we don't get one of these two guys we will hate the guy or we or comparatively hate the guy we get and now we have to stick right because we every time we move down like three spots we picked up incremental value and that's how we ended up with so many picks in the fourth round which like we dominated the fourth round of this draft like we had i think five fourth round picks and so so no four fourth round picks and so we just dominated that section of the draft. And so we ended up with two thirds and four fourths because we just kept moving down and picking up like, Oh, three, two picks later, plus a fourth, two picks later, plus a fourth. And we just kept doing that over and over. And yeah. Really- basically if we can find a trade partner, I would like to see us take one. I agree. The big thing for me is uh, the cornerback stack. Uh, it's kind of like we talked about when we made the pick between Paul Snadebo, Benjamin St. Juice, and Jason Pinnock. The odds of us not coming out with at least one guy who can push for some quality playtime, at least another like flowers level corner is very, very low, you know? And so even if we end up with another Akeem King slash flowers level guy from those picks, then that's still helping out our depth at the position where you don't want to be dipping too hard into like poor players. Yeah. So I'm going to save the snip of this and put it in the discord. So, um, but the thing is this draft was so big that I have to split it, the snips into part one and part two, <laughs> because, because the, the snipping, the thing is making me scroll to see all our picks. So that's how, you know, it's a, it's a John Schneider special. That's right. This, uh, but the thing is as ridiculous as this is, we've seen this happen before, you know, he turned what four picks into 10 kind of thing. It's a lot so, harder when your first pick is pick 58. And I, absolutely. I, will, I will say that that this is a mildly unrealistic, although n- no individual trade we made feel like robbery, except for the one where we got like five picks for two picks. That was like one where I was like, but that was from the Texans and they do dumb stuff all the time. So maybe that does happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, that's goofy. But every other pick felt moderately realist, realistic to me. So I, I, I don't think we did anything unrealistic. It's just that when you get to a point in the draft, sometimes teams don't want to trade up to get a guy. The Seahawks are one of the teams that actually do. And I would not be surprised if we ended up ended up with a lot of picks, but at the end of the day, those picks um those picks were like used packaged together to move back up, right? Yeah. They, yeah, they, making they, a move where you like you get a 6 and a 7, you package them to move up to the top of the 6th. Like like right here, we had 193, 195 and 203. I could totally see us moving those three picks to get back uh into a different point so yeah that's that's basically it so all right let's go into the uh 
the money's, money's out. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so: be like lazy. Our new Patreon, join the squad, get in, get in the get in the Discord. Oh, and Mike too. Mike is Mike is new as well. Mike, I didn't forget you. All right, so that there that get in the Discord. Uh, get the monthly podcast. Uh, happy four twenty, everyone, especially Brett, Cooper, <laughs> Greta, James, Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Tom, Emmanuel, Bob, Casey, Eb, Flocktwist, Keith, Full Swap, Fools, Jay, Karen, Michelle, Mike. Mike and Mike. Mike and Mike, they're in a row. Oh, are they in the morning? That's, that's so effing cool. <laughs> that got canceled. It's I somewhat like, cool. Oh, man, those guys are cool. Uh, Richard, Sam, Thomas, and Warwolf. Also, Seahawks Nest Fantasy Football is coming this year. Three leagues, big prizes. Uh, last year's winner, uh, Flocktimus Prime, he won the, the uh, non-Dynasty League. He is taking home Tyler Lockett autograph. Car, rookie card and um, I'm actually going to take it to his house uh, soon now that I am fully vaccinated and then the uh, the winner of the Dynasty League got a DK Metcalf uh, Jersey Auto rookie and that was me and I just kept it take that everyone you can't beat me you don't get prizes that's right I'm that hardcore about it <laughs> actually that's just the prize for the Dynasty League next year too now uh... <laughs> but, but, but I wanted to be like yeah, I won. But this time and, it's from your personal collection. Yeah, this time it's from the personal collection. I'm not going out to eBay and buying it. You know, it's just a it's just coming from the the archives of of Nathan Santos. Oh, so, um, yeah, the the Dynasty League man, come come at me, Dynasty Leaguers. Uh, I'll t- you guys are going down again. My team is stacked. I'm ready to run it back. Um, I got all the young running backs. I got way too many wide receivers. Tr- please trade. Please let me trade you my wide receivers. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the uh, the dynasty league, and then like for the uh, for the regular league, we'll 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 fill as fill as many leagues as we can, and all the prizes will be on that level. There'll be Seahawks rookie patch autos of quality players as prizes for the winners to do, to join. All you got to do become a Patreon, join the Discord, go into that fantasy football channel, fill out the fill out the um, poll coming soon. All right. Uh, okay, movie club. We watched a movie that I think um, everyone. I okay. So I I saw this viral post that was like, which of these stacks would you choose? And I posted it on the Discord, and you guys saw it. And I was looking at the stacks of movies, and I was like, okay, I've seen a lot of these movies, almost all of these movies, but there's a couple movies I haven't seen, and I'm gonna pick the movie club movie from one of the movies I hadn't seen. And so the movie I had not seen from these stacks, I think it was actually one of two movies from these sex i had not seen uh was the monster squad okay i can't believe you'd never seen the monster squad i had never seen the monster squad well part of that is that the monster squad is from 1987 yeah and i was born in 1986 so are you implying you can't see movies from no but when you were born but i just think like i don't think like like i think the target age group for this movie is like 8 to 12 like it felt that's what it felt like to me and i just felt like it didn't have any heat on it by the time it got 1995 rolled around there was plenty of other movies for 8 to 12 year olds to watch it, it, make- it turns out it turns out the uh the copious amount of uh, homophobic slurs prevented it from <laughs> making the rounds into the 90s okay and so, so- I, that just <laughs> just there's the odds kevin let's start with this okay is that there, there is so much casual homophobia in this movie that I'm like secondhand <laughs> embarrassed for for Shane Black for writing this script. Like, oh he, man, it's so he, cringy. It's, it's like, awful. oh man, these 
these guys were really homophobic. And then, but then I remember like what it was like in middle school. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, this is a pretty accurate description of like late eighties, early nineties, middle schoolers being idiots. So maybe it's, it's not, it's bad, but it's like, it is what it is. Um, so I also okay. like how there's a kid they just call fat kid. Yeah. Okay. That's the, the second thing time. I was like, <laughs> there was a kid that I didn't know what the character's name was until the last like five seconds of the movie because I don't think they said his name more than one like, other time until the end or something. So, okay. At the end of the, so the whole movie, they call this kid fat kid. His friends call him fat kid and his enemies call him fat kid. Everyone calls him fat kid. There's lots of stupid fat kid stuff. Like he, and you know, he says the stupid fat kid thing. Well, I have a gland disorder or whatever. Okay. And, and there's then, a scene where everyone accuses him of farting because you know, he's the fat kid. So yeah, well, I'll just, tell you what. From experience, guys, it's a likely story. Lot look at look, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of low hanging fat kid fruit here. I'm not gonna lie. But then at the end of the movie, he does something cool, and they're like, "Whoa, way to go, fat kid!" And he cocks a shotgun and goes, "My name is Horace." And it was like, "Whoa, okay, his name is Horace. That's his name." But then I remembered at the beginning of the movie, they made fun of him for having the name Horace, and they laughed. So they did. Uh, also, <laughs> same yeah. So then I was like, "Oh yeah, his name was Horace, not Fat Kid." So. Yeah, good job on them for that one. They it's okay. Um, so many. There's a lot of questions this movie asks Kevin, and you wrote out a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> and the, I, I, it's it's very interesting. It's a it's a okay. Here's the thing about this movie. Okay, it's kind of like um, Harry Potter, and that the movie <laughs> is called the movie is wow. called Harry Potter, right? Mm. And it's about Harry Potter. This movie is called The Monster Squad, and it's about the Monster Squad, but the hero of the story uh, is not even in the Monster Squad, and the hero of Harry Potter is not Harry Potter, right? Like, the person who saves the day all the time in Harry Potter is Hermione, right? The person who saves the day in the Monster Squad is his five-year-old sister, who, like, does everything and saves the day, and, I like, okay. is, is Sean really the hero of the story? I'm going to go with no. Like he's a huge jerk the whole movie. He says a lot of really sketchy things. Yeah, he bro. says things that are like not cool. Like uh, like I would be if I was friends with him, I'd be like, bro, you can't say that. And then he'd probably tell me his cop dad's gonna shoot me because he's a jerk. I, I can't like, stress Sean, you're kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like Sh- Sean is the kind of guy you who would like cheat in a game of Monopoly and then like deny it to the death because that's the way he is. Like yep. I did not Sean, the the cool guy character too. That's a smoking the cigarette on the bicycle in the opening scene. Uh, I will so say, you know, that, he's cool. I will say this though. That kid, very cool way to, to show the bullies up. Right. Is that like when they, they, they take fat kids candy bar, they hit it out of his hand, then they stomp on it on the ground. And then cool guy rolls up on his spike with a cigarette and goes, Hey, you dropped your candy bar. Aren't you going to eat it? And he makes him eat the gross candy bar off the ground while everyone laughs. That's a cool way to get back at the bullies. Uh, yeah. That was solid. I, I thought that was that made that character likable to me. Also, that guy just is really a kind of horny the whole movie, which is funny to me. Well, he's but the also teenager. again, you're thinking about like 13 year old boys, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, probably. I mean, he's the older kid, right? He's a he's in like 10th grade or something. I don't know this. There's no way well, that anyone in that is over like 13. They clearly <laughs> established that the rest of the Monster Squad is 12, so they're sixth graders. Uh, because there's at the end of the movie, he said we should reformulate this. We're twelve, like they, that was a line <laughs> in the movie. Um, okay, effects. The monsters look good, except at the end. 
Except at the end. Yeah, they ran out of money or something. I don't know. It's weird. The, the end, there were some sketchy effects, but the beginning was really good, uh, I thought. And uh, there's lots of cool practical effects with the like the costumes and stuff that I thought were pretty decent. All right. Uh, Eric, I've talked too much. Eric, what are your thoughts on the Monster Squad? I mean, I saw this movie when I was 10, 11, something like that. Nine. Ooh, you're, so you're in, that's in the wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. I mean, this was, I, I don't think I saw you it in You could theaters. have been on the Monster Squad. Uh, believe me, guys, I wanted to be. Uh, amongst many other things like Ghostbusters and uh, you know whatever whatever girl movie uh, you, you know you come, you come for the movie trivia and you stay for the casual homophobia. I, <laughs> I would like to have had some adventures in babysitting too. No, uh, this movie was I don't think I saw it in theaters because it wasn't something like Action Jackson that my mom sent me to. Uh, it was <laughs> you had a VHS, you had it on VHS, yeah, or or I had you know some sort of HBO preview back in the day. It's just regular ass cable. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the Monster Squad to me, like it still stands up because I liked it as a kid. I can I can see it and be like, okay, this isn't cool anymore. Uh, maybe the homophobia wasn't like I, as a kid. It was just like it didn't matter because it was like, yeah, this is the way all my friends talk and everything is. You weren't gay. analyzing it that closely, exactly. Now I'm like, eh, you know what? No one's gonna see the movie. It's it's probably fine for its time, right? Like this is this is how we learn. I will say this: I still think the creature from the Black Lagoon, the creature, <laughs> was like. I think they he, called him. Gil, I think his name in the credits is Gilman. Yeah, Gilman. <laughs> I thought they couldn't get the rights to. I don't think it was a, a proper universal monster, uh, but he he looked so cool, and he kind of had like the coolest death, but mostly underused. The mummy has probably the most comedic scene. Uh, the Wolfman. I thought is, his death was solid. Yes, well, it's how every mummy should go. Either mm-hmm. that, or you know, spend time with Brendan Fraser. Uh, <laughs> the The Wolfman's the coolest, and uh, of course, Vigil Morgenstein is Dracula. Which that's not true. That's uh, that's a double joke there for anyone who would know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this uh, I like how we talked about how the girl, the little girl, is the star of the show. But have we brought up your point, Nathan, about? How is this crew of virgins somehow looking for a virgin? Yeah. No. No, they clearly not. don't as understand a, that virgin is not a gender neutral term. As like, a kid, <laughs> as a little kid, like 11 years old, I was like, none of those, did all those guys have, have they had sex? Like the cool guy on the bike, I bet he ha- he's done it, but everyone else, no way. I'm pretty sure even the, the old man may have been a virgin. Take, <laughs> I, just, I just took a shot at the old man. Hey man, that guy survived uh, the Holocaust, so let's not let's not take too many shots at the old man. I'm just going full Monster Squad, Kevin. I can't help it. Okay, so uh, really important thing: the little girl who ends up saving the day. I just want to note that Dracula establishes himself as the villain by calling the five year old girl a bitch. So that's something that happens. He's so there's progressive. The, Dracula is so progressive. Dude, there's so many weird things like that in this movie. Um. Like, there's a part where Dracula just starts throwing dynamite at people. Yeah, and there's so like, much. There's so much. There's, why is there's, that happening? There's like an extra amount of dynamite <laughs> use in this movie that's like so bizarre. Yeah, did Michael Bay have something to do with this movie that we didn't see? Like, does Michael? Did he have an uncredited role as assistant director? Like, there's just needless explosions. Um, also, Dracula uh, totally did the full on '80s action star thing where he would walk away from the explosion without looking back. I think he was the original Kevin. No, he wasn't eighty-seven. Uh, you know, I'm just. I mean, I'm just he's the oldest that. because he's like three hundred years old. There you go. But 
not not the original. Uh, also, Dracula drove a hearse because, like, sure. I'm just saying, uh, if you ever wanted to pick all the low hanging monster fruit, this movie did it. Yeah, it's they like they took every easy joke. They did not leave anything any <laughs> easy joke on the table. They were like, here's every easy joke. Also, Monster Squad rap or Maniac Cop rap? Which one's better? Oh, definitely Maniac Cop. Not even close. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. It's hard for me because, you know, it, it's what which one just describes the whole plot of the movie better. You're right. It's probably Maniac Cop. Yep. Sorry. They couldn't even win that battle. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's um, it's something for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know. This movie's fine. Like I gave, I gave it a two and a half, three. I think it's, I think it was good. Like I, this, I can definitely see why people like, like have a lot of love for this movie. It really has like a, like a Goonies kids working together. It's just that Sean is such a jerk that I like it moved the, the movie down for me. Like they definitely made him just like a huge a hole, and I did yeah. not like that. That's He's how the problem is. Though. It's like the Goonies if the main characters were all like, like. Mean? How many super sketchy things can someone say and still be considered the hero of a story? Because the answer needs to be a lot for Sean to be the hero. Yeah, it's like, and he's so like, mean to his sister. He's so mean to Fat Kid. He's like an a hole to the principal for no reason. Like, first of all, though, who gets called into the office for drawing pictures? Like, what year is that? That's definitely a time capsule. Like, if a kid was drawing <laughs> pictures in my class, there's no way I'm sending that kid to the office. Who cares? Like, I'm just going to remind them to do their work. And if they don't do it, maybe I'll send an email to their parents. But like, I'm not sending the kid to the office. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to do. Um, hey, man, it's different times. That's, and let, that and is then, a big deal. And he's like making a big deal about him drawing like a spider with a like, human head on it. Like, that. who cares? That's not even what? You know, of key note here, um, I think that that whole town just had like a discipline obsession. Because if you look, that small town that couldn't have had more than like a thousand people had like 60 cops. And then uh, they were also able to quickly mobilize the military who chose to bring in a World War II surplus tank. Yeah, so, that military think, thing was super weird. Like the guy, <laughs> they brought it, they literally brought in like a guy with a cigar and it was, they're like, <laughs> we want him to look like Hannibal from the A-Team. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was the, the casting note. I'm, I, yeah, exa- I'm just saying that was a very pro uh, authoritarian town. I think that's I think that's I think that's the, the moral of all those stories. You can't <laughs> underestimate the militarism of small white people and small. I, th- small I think as long as you can uh, explain to your kid that you're not supposed to call people names like this. This is a good movie to watch with a kid like like as long as that kid's going to understand. I, like, I am hey, not endorsing. Don't, don't don't treat your friends like garbage. As long as you can like talk to your kid about that and they understand that, this would be. I think this would be a fun movie to watch. I would just say watch Paranorman instead, but it is like a two and a half out of five. Yeah. Um, all right. Any anything else before we go? Nope. All right. For Eric, for Kevin, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks. <laughs>